What's going on, guys? This is the Passive Wealth Strategies for Busy Professionals podcast. Today, our guest is John Fedro. Today, we're talking about mobile homes and mobile home parks, but really more just mobile homes. John is a longtime mobile home investor. He recently got into mobile home parks. And today, we talk about the strategies that he uses as a mobile home investor what it was like being a kind of an early mover in the mobile home space. He was investing in mobile homes starting in 2002, which is very early. Most of the people out there today talking about mobile home park investing have only started investing in this cycle. John started doing it before it was cool. So we talk about those strategies, it's potential angles for passive investors in this space. I won't lie to you. This mobile home investing strategy is pretty active. It's going to take time. And we're always looking for angles as passive investors to add value by adding capital and make a return. So we're always looking for great guys like John who are someday going to be needing passive investors. And we want to build relationships with those guys. So get to know this. John brings great lessons today. You're going to enjoy it. Thank you for tuning in. For those of you who are new to the show, I'm your host, Taylor Lode. I'm a real estate investor. I'm a real estate syndicator. I buy properties with passive investors and split the return. Love talking about real estate investing. I believe it is the best path to passive wealth for busy professionals. Thrilled you tuned in today. Here we go with John Fedro. John, thank you for joining us today. You're welcome for joining you today. <laughs> Happy to be talking with you. We're going to talk about mobile homes and mobile home parks, your experience buying them and all, and all of that today. Uh, but for folks out there who don't know about you, Please tell us about you know your history and, and what you buy and who you are. Oh, wow. Where to begin? Uh, it's a cold November night. Now, uh, the, uh, got started in real estate uh, soon out of high school, um, failed into mobile homes. And <laughs> uh, once I sort of discovered that mobile homes were even a thing, I was embarrassed about them. Um, but in my first year, I had 14 mobile homes. I know I'm skipping over a lot of stuff, um, but I, you know, I wanted to get started in traditional real estate, knew nothing about mobile homes, and then I uh, got my first mobile home in a park. My second one was on land. It was two and a half acres of land and then a little mobile home, and, um, and then another one in a park and a park, and then uh, was embarrassed at first. I didn't even want to tell people what I was doing. I mean, this was when I was um, in my very late, uh, or no, like just, tur just turned 20, and... Uh, I probably looked like I was 15 and I didn't want to tell people what I was doing. I was embarrassed. This isn't real real estate and I can't hack it as a real real estate investor, but I'm making money and I'm helping people and I'm doing deals. But, and then I eventually did tell people it took like six months. I was going to real estate clubs and I eventually stood up and said, okay, I know you've seen me before and this is what I've been doing. And they're like, yes, here, I got some leads for you. I'm like, <laughs> you take it. It's like, okay. Well, um, so that was, and then it just, I was embarrassed at first and now, 18 years later, it's uh, um, more proud to be a mobile home investor <laughs> and then now investing in parks as well. So. That's great. I mean, um, especially over the last few years, it seems like mobile home parks have gotten uh, very popular and, you know, to new investors too, who, who don't have the experience. Um, and in making that transition from buying the individual mobile homes to to mobile home parks. I mean, why did you, why did you make that transition? Um, common sense. 
You know, it took me so long though. So when I was, um, I got started in Florida, in, in the Tampa area, Florida, and uh, invested there for about 10 years and then moved over to central Texas where I am now and um, still invest in Florida as well. But back in Florida, I was, uh, when you're a mobile home investor and you're buying individual homes, you can have a pretty good business in like a handful of communities. You don't need to be in 50 communities. So I was in a couple communities and one of them, it was first one and then another one a year later, two of the owners, these are good sized communities, by the way, under a hundred spaces, but good size. And they said, John, we know who you are. You know, we're like, I wasn't online or anything by them, but I, I owned a dozen homes or more in their park. I'm paying them thousands of dollars. I'm on time every month, you know, buying, selling, selling homes on payments and have a good reputation. And so they came to me and they're like, John, we want to owner finance this home to you or this park to you. And like an idiot, Sweet. I mean, I just had my blinders on and I was happy doing what I was doing. And I was thinking, oh, parks, are there a management game? Like, I don't want to manage things. I sell on payments. My phone doesn't ring for people. And I just had my blinders on. And, like, and just years later, it took me that long. And I'm like kicking myself. Like, what was I thinking? Um, so then a number of years later, I finally, uh, um, yeah, just, uh, just yeah, pulled the trigger and got into a park, but it was the right park. And I was, I had the same butterflies. It was funny. I hadn't felt that in a long time, but before I got my first park, those same butterflies of when I was just about to buy my first mobile home and I'm 20 <laughs> years old again, I felt that. I'm like, oh my God. Um, but anyway, it was, uh, it was a long time coming and it should have happened sooner, uh, in my opinion. It's, it's definitely um, stepping into the unknown and the numbers are a lot bigger with parks, I'm sure, than individual homes. Um, and I, I'd like to get more perspective on what you were doing when you were buying the individual homes. You mentioned a few strategies that you were using, but you know, tell us about that business and, and what you were doing to earn a return. Well, that business still lives on today, oh, not okay. only here in central Texas, but back in Florida for me, around the country for other people. Um, those relationships that I've built with the managers, with the park owners, um, I don't want to just like, you know, get rid of those. Um, so I definitely want to keep those and I am keeping those and still investing in those individual parks and people know me back there. So, um, when it comes to buying and selling the individual homes, you wanted to talk more about the specific, like what a deal looks like. Yeah. Tell us about, um, what that looked like. I mean, it was, you were saying you're operating a couple of parks. So are you sending letters? Who, like who's the oh, yeah. right person? Like who, why would they, want to sell the, the property to you? How would you buy it? How would you sell it? Like walk us through the process. Of course. Well, there's a spectrum of, of sellers out there. Some folks want retail prices. Many people want retail prices. Many people are logical. They have some time. Some people, they just don't know what they want to sell or they don't, there's not a lot of knowledge out there for individual mobile homes and parks. It's personal property. And we deal with mobile home owners that are typically paycheck to paycheck. And that's not good or bad, but the reason I bring that up is because things happen fast. When people get into situations, they can't pay all the bills, there's title problems, the home has to be moved, the list goes on, but people need to sell somewhat quickly. So some people have all the time in the world and some people need to sell pretty quickly. So, you know, we're not buying every home out there. Uh, yes, we can send postcards. Yes, we can knock on doors sometimes. There's mobiles in parks, there's mobiles on land, That there's mobiles that have to be moved. There's mobile home, you can buy the entire park. Um, we are talking to managers, we're getting a good reputation and we're making offers, uh, obviously. But to, I mean, that sounds kind of uh, uh, 
just, I guess, very kind of common, but we're making in the very first few weeks when I start working with people and moving forward, we're making offers to most people out there. As a mobile home investor, I mean, you have to make offer after offer after offer, in my opinion, and we're closing on the best deals. The point of a mobile, in my opinion, you'd get into mobile home investing because you don't have a lot of money. Um, or if you do have some money, you still just wanna make a good return. So we wanna purchase low, obviously. Uh, we want to put some equity and we want to put some repairs into the home and we want to sell it. And if you're selling it, um, is that for cash? Is that for, are you holding payments? And if you're holding payments, what does that look like? Is it a lease option or a rent credit? Or are you selling the title and becoming a lien holder? And do you have a loan originator involved or not? Um, but it's dealing with, yeah, good people that need help. And then on the other side, we're selling these for retail prices or above retail on payments with interest. Um, so it's tough to answer that question and like, uh, like this is exactly what we're doing because there's so many variables, but there's a ton of things we can do. I mean, in mobile homes in parks, on land, wholesale them, move them, buy them with payments, buy the, sell them with payments. Um, we kind of went all over the place. <laughs> sure. No, I, I understand that. I mean, it, it you're successful because you have a lot of tools in your tool belt and builds over time and you learn these strategies. So, you know, that's definitely part of the game. Um, you mentioned something I think here um, that is very important, especially right now where we are um, with the economy. I mean, we're recording this before we release it, but things aren't going to be different in a couple of months um, where you said folks are typically paycheck to paycheck. And we are in a situation where, there's unprecedented unemployment and, you know, we're having problems all over getting rent paid, things like that. How has that been impacting, you know, your investments in the mobile home park world and in mobile homes and mobile home parks? And, you know, what are you doing to kind of mitigate some of those impacts to get us through kind of this rough time? Um, I can tell you what we're doing to, to mitigate, and to prepare for things happening and that mm -hmm. what we think might happen. But I'm curious to answer that question in six months or in a year to say what has changed. Sure. I, can, I can tell you what's changed back in like 08, 09 and maybe make similarities, but then there's also differences. Homes are more expensive now. There's more investors looking at these. What, so in, in April, when we're recording this, April's been pretty good. Um, people have been paying for the most part. Um, so there really hasn't been any sort of folks that can't pay that much. And we're selling these homes typically. Um, I know in my parks, we're still having good, we, we have had very few people not pay, but people are keeping in communication. In April, this may change in May. What we're definitely doing is waiving people's late fees, but it's a case by case basis. Um, people do have to pay. We are expecting payments coming in. We are gonna work with people but for the most part, when I'm talking about buying and selling a home on payments, the folks that we're working with, they are, bad things happen to good people and they may lose their job. But I'm always looking for people to keep in communication, to talk with me. My bill should be one of the highest on their list of priorities. So we haven't had many people not pay and it's only April. I'm curious what May and June and July will bring, but we're gonna work with people. Um, and as far as on, so that's with the current properties that I, that I have. When it comes to buying mobile homes, there's still sellers out there. 
I'd say that there are, there's less sellers around the country, but depending on where you are, anywhere from 20 to 40%, it's not, there's still definitely sellers. People want to sell and we're already seeing a slight uptick in COVID reasons of why people will need to sell. And evictions court, courts aren't even open yet and people are still being forgiven on their payments. So I'm curious to see what this, this wave, what this will how big this wave will get of people in hardships. But for right now, already seeing it, people need to take care of their loved ones out of state. They thought they had a buyer and the buyer flaked out because they want to hold on to their money. Now the seller needs to sell even quicker than they thought. Or um, they lost their job. I was just talking to two people that were a husband and wife, both uh, diner employees, both lost their job. They went down from 25 grand down to under seven grand, their most valuable asset. They just need to get rid of it and make some money. Um, and so we're already seeing that now the difference though. So I think that there will be this kind of wave of, of homes for sale, but there's a difference now versus like back in 2009 and 2010, there's more investors looking at this. You said it before, there's more mobile home park investors and there's more individual mobile home investors. A lot of people turned their nose up 20 years ago when I got started to this, but nowadays it's like a thing of pride. Like I'm a mobile home investor and that's awesome, but it's weird and it's, uh, and it's good, but it's anyway, what I'm saying is there is, I think there's going to be this wave of sellers, but I think there's going to be buyers to, 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 to meet it. So as a mobile, as an individual mobile home investor for your folks listening, how to be prepared for that is we're still going to have to move quickly. I don't think we're going to get a any more amazing deals than we're already getting, but I think there's just going to be more of them. So act quicker. Um, there's still going to be buyers out there. And I can talk to you about buying when we're selling homes. There's still buyers. I got outbid and I lost the deal because I was too slow just yesterday because there was a cash buyer and a home I was going to buy that I lost out on. So there's mm. still buyers. There's still, it depends on the local population as well. I'm here in Austin and the surrounding area is pretty there's a lot of people. If you're in an area of 20,000 people, things have slowed down, but let's face it, it was probably pretty slow to begin with, but it's gone down, but it's still there. There's still buyers and sellers for good deals. There's still people needing to sell for a variety of reasons. So um, that was my long answer of kind of what I'm seeing already uh, and what I'm curious is going to come. Nice. I appreciate that. And, and you make a lot of great points in there. I mean, you were around before the great great recession and you've also experienced this change in popularity in mobile home parks as a as an asset class i mean people for the most part seem to have lost a lot of that kind of ickiness about it and they realize that there's a there's a lot of money in them and they're a, a good good potential um return I, i'd like to make sure we're, you know, addressing the, the mobile home parks that you have acquired and the strategies that you're using now. I mean, this is passive wealth strategies for busy professionals. Not everybody out there wants to go buy it themselves. They might want to invest in a syndication or be a money partner or something like that. Invest in the park, but not be the guy running the show. So, you know, let's address that and what you're doing and, and how people kind of can kind of break in. Most of the folks I deal with are folks that want to have some sort of uh, boots on the ground in some capacity. Um, as far as the syndication goes or lending money, 
I do have, I am starting to dabble in that myself, but I would feel un, I, I definitely don't know enough to, you know, to, to say anything of what I've been doing. Um, most of what I do, and it's just because it's what I've done and what I have experience in, is boots on the ground, is talking to the people, is making a name for yourself. Now, I believe in outsourcing, and I do not want to make any more, more work than myself than I have to, but as just as far as the syndication goes, and if you're busy, that's understandable. If you only have five or 10 hours a week, you can prioritize that time. Um, but yeah, as far as like that, uh, which we can talk about, but as far as syndication goes, I don't want to pretend I know more than I do for that. So are you, um, this is one of the things that, that, that comes up with very successful investors is there's kind of a mix as to who is bringing in outside investment, whether through money loans or syndication or whatever, and who can fund their own business based on the model. So it sounds like you're not bringing in outside investment into your investments or your company, or you run it all yourself. So you not right now, knock on wood, that is what's happening. Um, uh, with through owner financing and I do have one or two partners that I work with and we go, you know, pretty equal on, but I've, that will eventually end and I will need private money and I do have some private money lined up. Um, there's also bank financing, which 10 years ago, there was very limited bank financing and now it seems like there's money. Well, we'll see what happens in the next few months, but you know, there's certainly money out there for, mo for mobile home parks, but no, eventually I will absolutely need private money and then I will, uh, but now luckily I am online and I have more of somewhat of a presence, which I guess other folks don't, don't have. And so maybe private money comes to me a little bit more easy. Um, but I haven't had to cross too much of that, haven't to tackle that too much, too, uh, too much yet. Okay. Okay. Well, I think that's one of the things that, you know, comes up well in the, in the mobile home park space, you know, the deals are smaller. There is a lot of owner financing and just more deals get done without outside investment. Um, you know, many of my friends who invested mobile home parks are interested in syndication, but they're able to close deals uh, through owner financing and through those great bank loans that are available. And they just haven't needed it yet, even though passive investors want to get in the game. It's, uh, it's hard to do so. It's important to know about what will make somebody happy or what people's goal, goal, goals are. I am staying quite busy with individual mobile homes inside of parks and on private land, I only want to purchase one to two parks a year. Mm. So it's really, I mean, there's a lot of people out there that want to do five and 10 and 20, and they are doing that. And I'm just, I'm, I'm you know, I want, I, I don't know if I want to do that, to be honest with you. One to two parks until I die is, you know, perfect for me. And I can wrap my head around that and I can outsource it and I, I understand it. And, um, and that's okay for me. And I don't, so maybe that goes kind of goes into if I was a bigger fish or had more aggressive dreams, I would definitely need uh, to syndicate more. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. We're always looking to shed light on, you know, there are on, on folks who are bringing in outside investment don't, but don't even really advertise it. And uh, you know, when next time we have you on down in the future, when you're, actually buying three and four parks a year, you're going to say, I don't know why I wasn't buying. Three. <laughs> Maybe <not. laughs> I don't mean to put that up. No, no, yeah. I mean, <laughs> me in the past didn't know what I was talking about. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. 
we'll see. Um, so you, you also mentioned you're in a couple of markets, uh, Texas and Florida and, and maybe others. I mean, Texas is huge, so it sounds like Austin area. But right. um, I'm sure the market dynamics between the two of those are very different. I mean, Florida's got a lot more natural disasters and things like that. I mean, can you expound on ways that the market has impacted your mobile home investments? Around the country, um, not so much when it comes to a, um, uh, the, the weather, um, the time of the year a bit. Um, we're still looking for a deal. When it comes to a mobile home in a park, this is our litmus test of, of if we're probably going to do it or not. We want to make, when we sell this, 90% of the, 80% of the time we're selling on payments. If we're selling for all cash, if we buy a home and sell it for cash, we're looking to double our money or better. But on payments, which is what we do mostly around the country, you're looking to get all your money back, 100% ROI in six to 12 months or less. You're going to get a down payment or a move-in fee from your buyer, and you're going to get monthly payments for 12 months. That should equal the amount that you have in or more. And that's what we're, so you should get all your money back in one, one year or less or less $300 minimum cash flow after you pay the lot rent $300 cash flow and five years minimum payments when we're selling these homes now and the numbers vary a bit but that's what we're shooting for so around the country um, yes there's natural disasters um, and yes there's even things that are happening you know natural disasters cause ripple issues down the road you know something happens with the park and now those people have to go somewhere else so, and it causes prices to change for, for, for various reasons, but no, we're still looking for that good deal. Insurance exists for a reason. My, some of my properties and other people I've, I've worked with have gotten destroyed and insurance exists for a reason. Um, no, we try to disclose everything to all of our buyers, but no, it's not so much the area. It's the resale numbers. It's the popular, it's the, there's a lot more that goes into it, but the area like isn't, doesn't matter so much as long as there's buyers and as long as there's buyers and really you'd have to be in like the middle of nowhere or maybe Flint, Michigan when it was, you know, the, in order for like there to be no buyers, but there's always buyers, especially when it's payments cash is here or there, but for payments, there's all, there's always buyers. Interesting. Okay. Uh, I always like to try to pull out how the market and, you know, geographically at both just the broader market as well can really, um, impact these assets or, or not. So that's interesting. It's, it's driven in that way. So I'd say with parks, I just don't have enough experience as well. I'd have to think about that more to say, okay, well, this is different. I mean, Florida, just the land value is more because they're not making any more and you're paying a premium just for the land value. But, um, but no, besides that, there's, I'd have to think about that for like the parks, but the individual homes, no, it's not. The area doesn't matter too, too, too much unless it's snowing or, or there's that and we got to check different things and but still yeah. usually full steam. If the deal makes sense, if the numbers make sense, it's, it's a go. So you said something very important there that, that definitely comes up when we talk about mobile home parks that they're not building anymore. I mean, really anywhere. There's a couple that are being built um, for, you know, kind of nicer communities, things like that. And, and I know you're, you're buying primarily just the homes, not so much the parks, but it still impacts your supply, right? When there's supplies not expanding, it's only really contracting. You know, how do you see that impacting your business moving forward over the next, you know, 
five to 10 years, if the world is, if the, if the market's always shrinking, you know, that adds up over time. Assuming, excuse me, in mobile home parks, they're not subsidized by the government. They're, I mean, they're such an important, low affordable housing opportunity. You have investors that want to build parks. You have people that want to buy homes and move them into those parks. It's just the municipalities that are not putting out permits. It's the government. It's, I mean, if there was a switch where, okay, parks were, you know, good to go. I think that there'd be a lot more parks. I think people would be building them and it would be quite different. And I think that'd be a good thing. Um, and I'm, I kind of think that that will eventually happen. I'm not sure what will happen or change in this world, but eventually somehow we'll all get behind it. And why weren't we doing this years ago? Um, but yes, if, if that did stay where just the, every year there's less and less parks, not only is there less and less parks, but the people that created those parks are now in their seventies, eighties, nineties, they're getting older. It's that cliche story where they're selling and then they sell it to who knows another mom and pop or more likely an investor like us. We want to bring in new homes. We want to increase the price. We want to maybe keep it for a couple of years and then sell it for a big profit. Lot rents are going up. Prices are going up. Uh, parks are consolidating, especially the bigger ones, into a handful of really big owners. Um, it's going to, just like uh, uh, self-storage is, is, is sort of now doing. So it's going to change things. And for folks watching right now, whether you're buying homes or parks, Get them while you can, you know, while I do it now, because things are changing. I mean, it's not, it's going to be a decade before, you know, any, or yeah, I mean, you still have time, but it's uh, time will tell. I'm, I'm curious to see that as well. Yeah. It's an interesting point that um, it's a, it's an aging owner population. And then these folks are going to keep getting older and older and, and get out of the game. I mean, the couple of parks that I've looked at and talked to the owners of, they were, older people who are really toward the end of when they wanted to be messing around with the park and they were looking to get out. Most of them that I talked to weren't quite to that point where they're like, all right, I officially need out of this, but they will be within the next 10 years. So it's only uh, it's a matter of time really. Right. Yeah. Right. Interesting. And even if they don't need to get out, maybe they can, maybe they can partner with you. Maybe you can take uh, some, stuff off their shoulder or some weight, or they just would like, maybe they're not totally utilizing all the park and they know they're getting older and they got 20 empty spaces and there's something you can do together. And so that's, that goes back to that creativeness that is important to success in the business. <laughs> so I appreciate that right now. We're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. All right, John, I've got three questions. I ask every guest on the show. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready for you. All right. First one, what's the best investment you ever made other than in your education? <laughs> you must have been tired of getting that answer. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, it's probably if I looked at the numbers, I mean, it'd be a home that I got for next to nothing. And then I did very little work and I put somebody into it. But honestly, probably that first deal that I, we didn't go into the story, but I was I, I was driving to my very first mobile home that I was going to buy. Didn't even know, hadn't even been in a mobile home before. I don't, maybe once in my life, but it was my first deal. And I had the option to, right before I was going to go in the home, I got sick and I threw up and I'm like, do I, what do I do? I stink. Or I probably do. And I just went into the, I went into it and I got it. And if I hadn't gone to that appointment, 
I don't think I would have given up, but I don't, maybe I wouldn't be here today. So it's probably cliche as well, but that, that, and, and by the way, that first one was a really, really good deal. I sold it on payments, but it just opened my eyes and I had it for like 10 years and sold it a couple of times and, um, over 10 years. Anyway, nice. the first I, one. That, that's great. I think there's another lesson in there as well that you did the thing that you didn't really want to do. You did the hard thing that, you know, you thought in your head, I, I got to get out of this. You, you said you threw up, but you thought about getting out of it. You didn't do it. You went for it and it worked out. Uh, we had the best investment. Next one. This one's a little tougher on the other side of the coin. What is the worst investment you ever made? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, the first thing that came to mind, which is not the answer, but it's like the ones, and it hasn't ha it's happened enough, but it's like <laughs> the deals I've passed on where I was too firm, I was too greedy, I was holding on to my, before I bought it, I didn't buy it. And, I, and someone else came in and I lost the deal, of course. And I'm kicking myself, but that wasn't a deal. I didn't actually do it. So, and one time I got lucky because it was actually this mold house and I was glad I didn't buy it. But anyway, the worst <laughs> deal I would do, or I, I would, I think, that I've done, it's always when I've deviated from mobile home investing, um, mm. when I've tried single families on a new build, when I've tried to go after uh, hurricane homes after Katrina in Mississippi, when I've tried to do other things and partner with people that I have no idea about, and I'm just greedy, and I'm like, oh, that's a new thing that I'm hearing about, and if they're doing it, I can do it, and, and so it's been doing that, and I've lost money, I've lost some credit, just assuming things, just partnering with people, taking it out of my control. Maybe that's why I don't like to syndicate or something like taking it out of my control is, has always usually screwed me. <laughs> so you want to stick to your lane. I, I definitely appreciate that. My favorite question at the end of the show is what is the most important lesson that you've learned in business and investing? Okay. So what's coming to mind now and may change in five minutes, but it's to really ask questions. It's to really be a sponge. If you plan on doing something in this, in real estate, there's so many things to do. Ask so many questions to who you can. Um, not only will that answer more questions and weird questions. Well, if this happened, what about this? It'll, you'll learn more. Hopefully that answer will lead you to another question, which will lead to another answer, which will lead to another question. And all the people you're talking to, that's people that you're talking to. Some of them are going to be jerks, but you'll meet friendships, some really cool people. One thing leads to another. So it's like, it's just not being passive, not being tiptoe, not, you know, in school, I remember being afraid to like raise my hand. And as adults, we still feel that. And that's ridiculous. And we like want to learn about this niche that we want to learn about. You got to be a sponge, ask questions. Don't be afraid to embarrass yourself. Don't make any dumb decisions or stupid financial mis you know, things or rush but ask a lot of questions. I like that. I think uh, the, you said don't make any dumb decisions. The ask a lot of questions can prevent a lot of those dumb decisions. Ask dumb questions and you might avoid dumb decisions. I think it's, it's happened to me before. So I like that. Thank you. John, if folks want to get in touch with you and learn more about what you do and talk about mobile home parks and mobile home investing, where can they reach you? all over the internet. But uh, mobilehomeinvesting.net is a good source of free and mobile home uh, information, resources, a lot of videos and, and, and free training. Wow, that is a fantastic URL. What a grab, what a grab, mobilehomeinvesting.net. Almost got the .com. Almost. Ah. <laughs>
Well, John, thanks for joining us once again. I really appreciate it. I think mobile homes and mobile home parks are a, a great strategy that was obviously, you know, the, uh, I don't know, the ugly stepchild for, for <laughs> a long, long time. And um, things have obviously changed, at least in the eyes of investors. So, you know, maybe things will change in the eyes of zoning departments and we'll start seeing some new ones. Who knows? Who knows, who knows what's going to happen? But thank you for bringing these lessons to us today. Really appreciate it. To everybody out there, thank you for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Very much appreciated. Helps other people learn about the show. If you know anyone who could use a little bit more passive wealth in their lives, please share the show with them and bring them into the tribe. Thanks for tuning in once again. I hope you have a great day and a great rest of your week. And we'll talk to you on the next episode. Bye-bye. <laughs>